Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Fear of failure. How do you overcome it? Do, do you even have it, by the way? This is something I don't know about you. You know about me. Come on now. <laughs> I think you refuse to believe in failure. <laughs> no. If it pops up, you just like put it down immediately. I, well, I think that we all have a fear of failure. Well, I don't know about everybody. Some people seem to have a delusional confidence in themselves, mm-hmm. despite what all the facts say about what their confidence level should be. Right. But <laughs> that's um, everyone in en- who enters entertainment. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, you have, uh, I think maybe I've said this before, you know, Mike Birbigley had said in order to be in show business in general, you have to have a, some healthy sense of delusion. Like I know the odds are stacked against me, but I can, you know, overcome these odds and make it. Right. I think there goes beyond delusional, a healthy delusional into a, an unhealthy delusional sense where people go, I'm going to be on SNL. You know, we had some people in our early improv classes. Yeah. They think because I want it, I should have it. Yes. And there would be people that say, I want to be on SNL and we're in our early improv classes and it's, they're beyond bad. It's something where every, if there's two choices, there's a right decision and a wrong decision for any scene that they created, any funny moment. Mm-hmm. They always chose the wrong one. And, and that's a gift. Yes, it's a gift. <laughs> they didn't even stumble into the right one. No. Yeah. And and making it uncomfortable, making it hateful, making it uh, disgusting. They I know. And I remember early ways. in the early improv days, I think the instructors would say, here's let's troubleshoot some of that. Just always. Yes. And, you know, just agree with each other because negating each other you're going to hit conflict a lot sooner and you're not going to know how to get out of it but even with the yes and rule some early improvisers or just you know people that off the street that take the class are are bad oh it's uh, horrendous would be a compliment to i like the michael scott character like when he does improv (laughs) or there's another there's like liam neeson trying to do improv but he's so serious in a bit that ricky gervais has um anyway it was a clip but it was probably from a tv show (laughs) Anyway, uh, you it was know, good. not just it was, it, it, was, it was funny. Yeah, if you see it, you'll like it. Okay, let's what send, I'm let's send about. people to other content while they're listening to ours. That... Well, that's yeah. I think it's based off of the real life people that we saw, though. Like it's it's funny to see it portrayed on TV, but it's also something to behold in person. Sure, and well, that happens in stand up comedy too, where there are people who I look at and I go, "You just were. You're meant to be an accountant somewhere. You're probably a fabulous accountant." You are not meant to do comedy. Whatever sense that a comedian needs to be able to perform and grow and get better, mm-hmm. they don't have it. It's not just nerves either. No. Some people are very confident and, and comfortable. Yes, it's that. <laughs> Saying unfunny things on stage. <laughs> an unhealthy delusion. So they they turn silence into laughter in their brain somehow. Right. They turn groans into cheers you know what that reminds me of when in our early open mic days there was a young man who had a script that he was sticking with and he told his joke and he says wait for it wait for it 
there it is. And there was... <laughs> And there Nobody, it wasn't. There it wasn't. There was no laughter, but I love that he had it planned of like, oh, I know it'll take them a beat or two, but they'll get it. And it, there was just it'll be never here. a laugh. It'll be here. Trust me, guys. I love that moment. It still stays with me. So anyway, not just delusion, but you know what else it could take? Being bad at statistics. If you just have no concept of probability and how good or bad uh, or how likely something is to happen. So yeah, being bad at math, I think, can make you good in entertainment. Yeah. That's, well, that's a joke. Sure. <laughs> But back to fear of failure. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. Uh, I it. knew I had to sh- Wait for it. <laughs> uh, there it is. I can see you just like trying to do math in your head of like, what does she mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I mean to make you laugh, sir. But, yeah. um, but, but I, when it comes to fear, what about a dread of failure? You know, everybody talks about a fear of failure and like fighting that fear. It's like, well, what if you just think it's going to happen unless you do something about it? Then then I don't think you're really putting the fear away. I operated from a dread of failure <laughs> through many years and then just like sat on the anxiety. Well, there is a big difference, I think, between a healthy fear of something, uh, like fear of failure. Like, I think a fear of failure should be part of a healthy outlook on anybody's career and success. Because you're realistic. You you're know, realistic I and you're fail. knowing, I have to work for this thing. Mm-hmm. I have to put in effort. There, there's going to have to be work done for this thing versus somebody that doesn't fear failure at all, might not put any work into it. That is, yeah, yeah, sure. This will be fine. This is good enough. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, you know, having a uh, crushing fear of failure can grind everything to a halt and you don't put any work into it in that way. Either, right. You're, you're paralyzed. Yeah. I'm paralyzed if, because I know it's going to be bad. You know, it's easier to not do something than to do something and fail. And, Part of what uh, success needs is to embrace failure Mm -hmm. and to start to love failure, to go, okay, that didn't work. That's good because now I understand what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I can move in a different direction Mm -hmm. and go, let me find something that does work. Sure. I Well, I always admire people who didn't think... Who, who who accepted themselves and even if it, it came out a little imperfect they still had they were so comfortable with themselves on stage doing stand-up that they would just roll with it and that's not the same thing as being attuned to oh that didn't work and i should change this it's more like everything works and i accept everything i really do admire that perspective even if it maybe takes you longer to get to success because you're not editing as often let's put it that way yeah well you're still going with the flow and you have confidence which is so huge in comedy like it makes sure. the audience go oh i guess they are funny well you you might be reading into their confidence and saying they think everything works. There mm-hmm. are people like that, but there are people who are in their head going, ah, that doesn't work. Or they're listening to it later or reviewing things later and going, oh, that doesn't work well enough. You can't and, really know what's going on in there. You right. just, there's, people can come across a certain way. Sure. So, yeah, there's there's lots of lots of opportunity to grow within failure. There's a YouTuber I watch. She just does bargain hunting. She reached a million followers, but she has, she says library without even caring. And now I've already seen Instagram videos about like, don't talk about how people pronounce things. But I was raised, I was always corrected if I said something wrong to, you know, speak in a certain way, make sure you're understood, you know. So just somewhere deep embedded in my brain is like, you should know how to say library <laughs> when you're an adult and you've got kids, unless it's colloquial and like in your community you say. So she just says it without any 
self-awareness. Like, yeah, this is just how I pronounce this word. It's how I've pronounced it since the dawn of time. And I've never noticed that anyone else says it differently. Like, and so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, that didn't keep her from getting a million followers. The fact that she mispronounces that word, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, this is how she says it. Yeah, well, but that's, that's a different thing to me too. And YouTube, uh, there's a lot of this with social media and YouTubing where if something was done in a television studio with producers mm-hmm. and writers and on screen talent, that kind of thing would get weeded out. There would have been right. a producer that comes up and goes, the word's not library, it's library. And you need to pronounce it correctly because we're a professional show here. This is Good Morning America or whatever it is. You're not going to... Put, we're not going to put you on air and have you say library. I don't think they'd say it that way to her, but no. <laughs> they might be thinking that. <laughs> no. Well, it depends on how far it got. I think the first thing would be like, hey, so just real quick, just so you know, I think maybe you're not hearing something, but it's it's library. That's we're kind of focusing on the brary part. And you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to make sure. It would be gently folded into yes. the. <laughs> and at some point, though, I mean, if you were on a certain set let's just say you were doing a movie, not just on air talent. Mm-hmm. You could have a director that would be a little gruffer and mm-hmm. say, you're, you're saying the word wrong. Say it right. right. If it you know? was, yeah, if it was at all in the script, it would be important for the character to right. say it that way. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's different. You're saying, yeah, different levels of professionalism call for different things. You know what I think happens in the, at the higher up levels is you're not told that this is the reason we didn't move forward with you. Mm-hmm. You're just, just not included. Like, sure. it's just part of the rejection. You have to figure that out on your own. It's like, oh, it's because I'm too folksy or it's I'm too this or that. You know, I sound whatever. Yeah. I'm not trying to pick on somebody. I'm just saying sometimes you think, oh, you have to be a certain way and sound a certain way to achieve a certain goal. And it's like, not really. You can be an influencer and be folksy and, you know, relate to a ton of people. And sure. And, and, and some audience like that, will come. Uh, there probably are. Uh, what would happen probably my guess, I don't really know about this, but like I'm never um, afraid to just state an opinion as fact, whether I know anything about it. Or not. <laughs> That's good. But uh, it's with like a YouTuber that has millions of subscribers or followers. What probably would happen is like somebody that a big agency that wanted to work with them or would put them on, on air talent mm-hmm. at like a good morning America or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Probably they would talk, they would start producing that person and say, you know, these certain words you're mispronouncing or, or we need to get these. We just need to alter a few things because they just yeah. automatically would just start wanting to alter things. Mm-hmm. And now they do that with every buddy that's ever been in Hollywood, they want to alter things. They sure do. And it starts with the appearance, really. Appearance, names, Uh you know, uh, different Hollywood names. Who you're dating, who you're seen dating with. And so like Arnold Schwarzenegger is an example. Uh, I think his first film that he did, I think was credited as Arnold Strong or something (laughs) like that. Much better name. Yeah, because like they're like, nobody can say Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they dubbed it over with a different accent because Mm -hmm. they're like, nobody can understand you. But somebody like that has a very strong sense of self and confidence. And some of that comes from previous success. Oh, right. If you're the the most successful bodybuilder in the history of bodybuilding, and you've also got a real estate business that you've made a ton of money on, all before you get into 
uh, Hollywood. Right. There should be a there should be a, a study showing yeah. like if you've made money before you entered entertainment, you're probably okay with yourself. Yeah. There, there's there's probably at least a a sense of self that goes. I, look, I don't. I'm not going to be Arnold Strong. I'm going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to keep my accent. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to use it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kept my name, and I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I know the power of your own knowing your own name or really liking your name. I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess it's part of his identity. Well, I, I, I think I had to identify like this whole fear. It's funny to me how fear of failure can creep up. Also, mm-hmm. this will be my last word on the matter. Um, even after you've got plenty of evidence that you can succeed at this and that, you know, and there's all these inspirational Instagram videos about how you can value the right thing and prioritize the right thing and calm yourself and all this stuff. So I don't know. I, speaking of that, I just saw an Instagram video and tell me if you buy into this. It was like, if you've taken on too much of other people's energy, here's how you get rid of it. It's called dry bathing. And she proceeds to do some kind of Reiki movement where she swipes across her body and then she swipes her arms and then she says she gathers up the cords. I don't know what that means. And then she chops them with the other hand. It's invisible cords uh, that she no longer wants to be attached to and then blah, throws them away with a little bit of a breath. And this is an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And she was like, you, you, you do it yourself and tell me how great you feel is what she says. And um, and then I'm, I'm looking through the comments to wait for people to be like, what is this? This is ridiculous. And everybody was like, I did it and it worked. You know, the Internet sometimes just draws in people that have issues. And so there's stuff like that where I'm like, I don't I don't understand the I, I was it metaphysical or some sort of psychic energy stuff uh-huh. so i'm not actually touching anything i'm not you know i'm waving my hands over you or it's like none of that means anything to me right well energy is a real thing <laughs> but well, as it's applied here is where they lose <laughs> me like i'm like well what is negative energy because i understand being uh, becoming upset or i being overwhelmed and i've recently learned the term dysregulated of like mm-hmm. you know your, your brain can't quite make the connections it wants to if it's in this heightened state so okay i get that but yeah, for me, it's very, when it comes to just energy and negative energy and um, what this other guy was like, let water drop directly on the top of your head and, and you'll have more mental clarity. And I'm like, I take a shower every day. I don't feel any smarter after my shower. <laughs> well, it's too much water. Ah, too much drip on your head. That's right. Well, this is the thing. Like, for one, I think that, yes, energy is a real thing in terms of like science. Right. But that's a misuse of the term energy to be like i have negative energy around my aura mm-hmm. or whatever it's like that's not what they mean when they say energy uh-huh. it's like you know energy is the type of thing that fuels uh propulsion or things like that it isn't just some thing that's hanging around you like a cloud and so oh, the negative energy i guess would be that version it's like there's no positive energy and negative energy in terms of science that I know there are of. They're positive ions and negative, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're atoms. You know, atoms have po- You're talking about like electrons. Electrons and neutrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Positive, yeah. Protons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like this. these words don't exist. See, I, you know, I love languages and, and trying to like, and I also like cracking, <laughs> cracking codes. I like puzzles. That's what I should have said. I don't crack any code. <laughs> I have not solved who the, um, who the uh, what's that killer called? That serial killer. 
I don't know which one you're talking about. Oh, the one that writes in code from the 50s. Oh, you're talking about... Uh, they made a bunch of movies about the him. Zodiac? Zodiac, killer? yeah. Okay. I haven't solved the Zodiac killer. I'm not, I don't crack those kind of codes. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is... You I, didn't even crack his name, by the way. I didn't even remember. And that has been revealed. Well, I I just love to figure things out. And so I try to understand people. So if someone says that crystals mean something to them, you know, like holding a certain crystal makes them feel this or that, then I want to know, I wonder why that is for them. And I don't think it's just them playing pretend. I think they're investing a, some imagination into it. But there also must be like seeing results and then having some kind of uh, confirmation bias, right? This worked for me last time. Our daughter uh, says, I have good luck every time I see a not in service train. <laughs> and then, so I'm like, that's great. I agree with her so that I'm not ticked off every time I see a not in service train. <laughs> it's look, I mean, I guess if it works for you, but, you know, like, for example, like, because you were t- just to step back two set, uh, yeah, two statements, maybe when you were talking about positive and negative. Yeah, everything I forgot from science class in an atom. Yeah, but that isn't the same thing as having negative or positive energy like the way that people are talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can use any word and say, you know, I got cracklins all around me. And you're like, what do you mean cracklins? And you're like, like cracklins is a thing, guys. (laughs) It's like, yeah, but that's like fried up pork. Like, what are you talking about? No, no. In this case. The pigskins of the the universe that surround you. They're in a... uh, non-visible light source yes. you know, around you. It's like, okay, that, you know, all that's a bit silly. And so, but if people use terms, that's kind of what I guess pseudoscience is using terms that mm-hmm. are scientific in a non-scientific way. Okay. You know, or, or to make things sound scientific that are maybe nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you and know. it turns out snake oil is good for you. Yeah. <laughs> If, That's why we have a closet full of snakes. If snake it's oil essential, here. yeah. If, yeah. It's, <laughs> if it's the right kind of snake. Back mm-hmm. then, snake oil meant nothing because it was just. Yeah. Anyway, well, I, think, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that in general, like any of this stuff, because it, it can't be a version of snake oil. Any magic cure to anything is probably not true. So, in order to feel better physically, mm-hmm. I don't think that probably what's going to happen is that you wave your hand over your body and all of a sudden physically you're going to feel better because that's, I think that makes people feel good maybe about controlling something. Okay. But the much harder thing to do to feel physically better is to go exercise Mm -hmm. or to eat healthy. Oh, we're talking specifically about weight loss, yeah. Well, not just weight loss, but just physically feeling better. Oh, yes. Altering your diet, yeah. I was going to say to the touch, you know, there's Reiki, which is you will generate some heat if you hold your hand above your arm. You know, you'll feel the the energy passing between your hand and your like that's actual science but um is it yes yes i'm talking about friction you know like there's a word there's no friction there if they're not touching okay i'll look it up for you just to prove it because i have to get through this thought um so i so the the whole point is human touch is comforting and human almost touch is comforting and it's exciting i don't know if you remember this when you were in middle school to be close to the person you have a crush on because there, you can feel the warmth of their body almost next to you. So you're like, ooh. You know, so it's not like there isn't anecdotal evidence to support people saying, no, I experienced something positive from this. And then there's other studies that will show 
you know, why tapping is beneficial to your psyche and slows your heart rate and why breathing slowly can slow your heart rate, which signals your empathetic and blah, 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 you know. <laughs> oh, the, sci- the scientific blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, this isn't that kind of podcast. But um, so it's not like it's, yeah, I think where you fall in the camp of it's rooted in nothing and people are are deluding themselves. And I am thinking. Sort of. Yeah, and I think like, it's it's rooted in something, but people are kind of getting a little confused along the way. I would say they're just deriving too much meaning from it. Okay. So like like you're talking about the hand, it's like, well, I'm sure what we're feeling is your body is a certain temperature, the room is a certain temperature, the air molecules in between your hand and somebody else's body, you're warming them, and and yeah, there's a re- as the you heat, move your hand is passing through. Like that's the whole point. Your you're warming the air around so you feel that and then you're passing if you start moving your hand around now you're moving the air molecules around so like do you feel something yeah the the essentially the breeze that you're creating from moving wind the sure the and that's why rubbing your hands around. outside when you're cold and it creates heat warmth i'm yeah i'm talking about the basic principle of whatever that is that actually you can conjure yeah. heat well, <laughs> well you when you warmth again if you are touching things and you are creating friction if you're not touching anything you're not creating friction between those two right things. but there is something is scientifically happening yeah. i'm speaking in scientific <laughs> terms as best i can for you so i that think you just can... by saying the word science is the only thing that you're scientific. <laughs> Uh, in science, they do scientific Woo, things. This is like somebody, I'm trying to lift way over what I can actually <laughs> lift above my head. I mean, like I'm not a scientist either, but there are just some basic things that I think that we learned, all learned in school or should have learned in school. Yeah, but if a rose quartz, you know, but where they lose me is this crystal, maybe it feels different than this other rock. You know, these are two minerals. We've got um, ag- agate. <laughs> Why agate? No, amethyst and a quartz. Um, let's say they feel different. Texture-wise, they're bumpier. Maybe they weigh a little bit differently, and maybe they one is cooler than the other, and that's why they feel differently in your hand. But somebody will say, this brings clarity, and this brings peace. And that's where I'm like, that's too much. That's that's You've added too much significance to it now. Yeah, I think that if you're actually feeling something, like warmth or anything from a rock, it's probably radioactive and it is giving, it's breaking your cells apart. But congratulations because you're a superhero now. <laughs> All right. Well, something breaking news. Our daughter lost, what is this, her fifth tooth? Fifth tooth. In, I feel like a few months. It, it, it's been quick. Bottom two, real quick. I don't even, I think maybe we were on our break from the podcast in between season one and two when she started losing teeth. And okay. so now she's up to five. This was the fifth today. I just don't remember losing all of my teeth. I know they all the baby teeth came out at some point. But I remember like twice finding a quarter under my pillow, by the way. You the Tooth Fairy only gave me a quarter. I was $2. It's I nice. Two Maybe I got a buck, but I feel like it was all in quarters. Yeah. <laughs> and I was happy to have it. But our daughter got a fiver. She, I, don't, I don't think I chose that number. I, th- I think I chose it based on inflation. Based on my two dollars, wow. I was like, "If it's been this many years and you're a really economist uh, calculator, I think it would be five dollars would be the equivalent of what I got when I was her age." And the first few times she lost it, she she asked for like a million bucks, and then she, <laughs> she we gave her a bunch of coins and added up to five bucks, and then the next time she asked for ten. And then um, I think she asked for seven. So she kept going down like, maybe she'll give me a little more if I'm more reasonable. And it's like she keeps getting a five. So this time 
I was like, I bet the tooth fairy should give you a quarter this time because that's a really tiny tooth. And she looked at me like, I don't think so. She's my <laughs> friend. She'll give yeah. me five. <laughs> yeah, which I wasn't prepared for this tooth to fall out. So I don't have money. Like I've got, I don't have the right amount. So like Jeez. now I got to like go through, this is a thought. I thought maybe we just put, we, we started a little savings account for, we just put a note that says, I have deposited $5 into your bank account. Yeah. Or a $5 coupon to Hardee's or something like, Hardee's. do we have anything that we can clip from a magazine? <laughs> well, magazines don't exist anymore. No, but all of what you I said. I want to borrow the neighbor's newspaper and find a coupon. You want a coupon to Hardee's from a magazine that you clipped. That's none of those things exist anymore. In That's too our bad. area at all. I was going to suggest using scissors. Do we have scissors anymore? <laughs> we do have safety scissors and lots of them for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be interesting trying to deal with this tonight because do we, do we do that? Do we do like electronic? Like, Hey, I've, I've, I've donated $5 to a, a wildlife relief fund in your name type of thing. You know, those type of gifts that people give it. I think she wouldn't even put her tooth under her pillow after that, (laughs) knowing her. She'd be like, what is this betrayal? This is why I, this is, see, I don't like the whole Santa Claus thing and tooth fairy thing. It's not because I don't think kids should flex their imagination. It's because parents get all worked up over, I have to do it the way I did it last time. And I'm not sweating it. I would just say, don't put your tooth under there tonight. She's busy. <laughs> I got a I got a text from her. She's not coming to our neighborhood this Let month. me see that text. <laughs> Let me see your phone. I want to see this text from Tooth Fairy. I changed the password. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm waiting for the day when she looks enough like me that she unlocks my phone. Yeah. You know, like her head gets a little bit longer instead oh. of being a big toddler head. I didn't think about that. That's funny to like think about... Um, face recognition and having somebody in your family that looks like you. I mean, I yeah, can twin brothers twins open to do that? Right. I wonder maybe, you know, it's funny. Cause like, you know, you and your mother look a lot of like uh, different skin color, but like similar shaped face and look, but she's 25 years older than you. Mm-hmm. Or so, so like you don't look the same. You look like she looked 25 years ago. Mm. And so could, would that face recognition just last forever? Um, I should try. The day know. I can open my mom's phone, I guess I should be like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> no, we've always, yeah, we've always looked alike. And then I passed those genes down to my daughter. But it's, um, yeah, we'll see. I was just kidding, though. I don't really think she can open my phone. No, I don't think so either. She's got she's got my round head. <laughs> Not like what what type of head do you have? Like in terms of like uh, Muppets, yeah, is, you've got a uh, Bert head. I is, guess yeah. You one would say it's oval. It's long, and at least when you're facing the front. But you know what I noticed in a wedding photo when I straightened my hair for our wedding, I have a really flat top head. Like you could put a glass. <laughs> On the top of it, like a table, and it wouldn't it wouldn't fall. I've got a flat back of my head. Oh no! Like, so <laughs> your parents were supposed to rotate you. I guess you're supposed to be rotated. So I, I was laid on the back of my head too much. So I've got the flat back. You've got the flat top. I don't know if your mom was laying you on the top of your head. Kid has a block head. No, it's funny. Our daughter says very frequently, like you know my big watermelon head, and I'm like, <laughs> I really regret having said that to her, but I was saying it as a teasing way, like look at I love your big. It's like a light bulb. It's like a big, loud, round head. And I was admiring the, the circumference, especially because I, I have a flat top. But she she now refers to it as her big watermelon head. And I, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I said to her, I was like, does it bother you at all that I ever said that? Because I, I meant it as a compliment. She goes, no, I think it's great. 
Like, <laughs> well, okay. first of all, she doesn't have a big head. She has a little peanut head like me. Really? You feel like her head is small? Yes. It's just so perfectly round. It's like a balloon. It's like a fully blown <laughs> balloon to me. <laughs> I have a very round head. She gets the roundness for me, except for the back, because uh, yeah. we didn't keep her on the back of her head. Well, it's funny, because like, in my family, um, my nephew and I have a similar appearance. You know, and we're not twins or anything but like mm-hmm. i think people could see that we look like family members his sister and both of them are my brother's children mm-hmm. uh you know those uh apps that let you look at what you would look like as a woman you or did a, a face, swap, or a face yeah. swap so i i did myself as a woman and it just looked like my niece that that surprised me because anytime you tell me who you look like in your family i categorically disagree yeah. <laughs> and including your nephew but now that you did remind me of that you're right i was like oh my gosh you look just like your niece here it was exactly it was like almost looking like a picture of her and i was like this is really weird oh uh, yeah all they did was soften your face and take away the facial hair i hope you didn't tell her that though did you text I, it to her? <laughs> I most likely did. Knowing me, I probably sent it to everybody in the family. Like, can you believe this? And she's like, stop it, look. <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, because I would have guessed more like my sister, Vicky. Uh, she and I got comparisons a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, I have an older sister. We we both have older sister. Her name I, is also Vicky. Yeah, Vicky. <laughs> And my brother's name is Vicky, which is weird. <laughs> it's a very George Foreman was very popular at the time. Yes, they were, everybody gets named. My dad's name is Vicky. My mom's name is Vicky. And you're Luke for some reason. I know that was well. My first name is Vicky. I go by my middle name. <laughs> okay, well that makes sense now. So, uh, but your older sister, you did not favor her in your opinion. Not that I would think of, and and my brother either. But my other people in my family have said, oh, you look just like your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially maybe as I've gotten older and gotten to the age that they remember him at, cause he's 17 years older than me. So like, I don't think they necessarily th- think of him now. They might start thinking of him of what he looked like in know, his prime, in his prime 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, yeah, there's those family members. And you, in your family, it's interesting because you have a niece that very similar to your sister. Mm-hmm. Where it was kind of like, whoa, that's a that's a strong family resemblance there. And mm-hmm. But your brothers, I don't see it. And so it, had, it was almost like your, whatever genes got mixed up, yeah, your sister I love got when they them skip and a, person. a niece got them. And it was like... <laughs> Oh, you two look kind of, which I guess is kind of true with me and my niece, where it's like somehow mm-hmm. we ended up with the same looking genes, whereas the other people in our family didn't. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me. The only thing I don't like about going back in time is that you have to keep adding people that everybody's made up of. So it's really hard to say like, okay, who does this person resemble? Because that's like, you know, you got this person's eyebrow and that person's ear. But I always, I may have said this before too, I always like the idea of going to some castle and seeing a portrait of somebody that lived long ago and it's my exact face. And you're like, <gasps> you know, like, I don't know what that is about. Not that I need to be the, the That's Highlander. usually in like a Scooby-Doo episode, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's, <laughs> like, it's It's me. Well, I have a personal theory that it's about longing for a connection to my ancestors. But, <laughs> um, but just, no, or feeling like, you know, you 
you got this from somewhere. I mean, the, the more logical explanation is, yeah, you have your mom's nose and your dad's ears. You know, like it's easier <laughs> if you just look directly. But I like thinking of it, yeah, like the genes skipped a few generations. It's yeah, fascinating. Well, that reminds me, there is a great, great, great grandfather. I'm not sure exactly how many uh, grandfathers up it is. I think three up. Three? I know what you're. I know what you're about to say. So I think it's three. Yeah. Whereas he he and I look very similar. Uh-huh. And it's like, how did that happen? Because my grandfather and I do not look anything alike, mm-hmm. which is my dad's dad. Mm-hmm. Even me and my dad, we have some resemblance, but like it's not like twins or anything at, at his age, particularly. Yeah. And then my grandpa's grand dad looks like my dad, but doesn't look like me, I think. And so then I think it's his dad uh-huh. somehow looks like me, which is like four generations yeah, later. Yeah, if I could paint a picture for the audience. Okay, your dad looks like the man that invented eHarmony. <laughs> um, and then his dad looks like Brian Dennehy. And then his dad looks like... <laughs> who's the guy from uh, Christopher Guest's shows that's always got like the glasses and he's, he speaks very quietly, calmly. So, so it's just a shorter man. Um, he looks with small round glasses. And then the guy above that is you with a handlebar mustache. <laughs> yeah. It's like me plus Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Like just, if I was playing it's Wyatt like Earp and something. in a costume. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's so weird. But your dad, yeah, gave us a little book where he put together some family photos and then he assembled it as a little family book and he shared it with everybody. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah. None of these people look like you. And then that guy is you wearing a mustache. <laughs> yeah. It's all, all of it's very bizarre. And long term, like, I don't feel super connection to those ancestors, uh-huh. but, and then someday is there going to be five generations after me? There's going to be somebody that's like, Whoa, who's this? Your great, great grandpa was a comedian and he looked like you. You're an ancestor. I didn't think about that. I know somebody's thought about it, but I didn't until just now. <laughs> I will be. Whoa. I mean, what is time? Well, I mean, we could get into that. If you get into that, then you gotta like crystals. You've <laughs> gotta be able to feel the crystals. Time, well, you know, in some ways, time can be kind of like that. Crystals is like, I, so I just watched Interstellar, which is a movie from like twelve years ago. Crystal- Why do you always point out how old it is, by the way? Because if I say it like, "Hey, I just watched this," people are like, uh, you know, that came out a long." But time I ago. still haven't seen it, and Matthew McConaughey looks exactly the same. He really does, which is kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> but go so, on. So what is time? <laughs> It's a flat circle, as he says in uh, True <laughs> it's Detective. A, it's a flat circle. So uh, they in this, there is some science about black holes. Mm-hmm. And so, for one, if you go the closer you go to the speed of light, the time slows down. Okay. But also, around black holes, the closer you are to a black hole, time slows down as well. Mm-hmm. And because so, it's sucking you in so fast, or what? Um, I I. Don't know the full science there, okay. but let's just say that is why. Okay, good. That, that is what happens. And if you want to know why, there's a Neil deGrasse Tyson video on this. It's a Dyson vacuum. So um, in this, it, it reminded me like, you know, time being a fluid thing. It mm-hmm. isn't just a absolute, you know, mm-hmm. here on earth we have our thing, which is, you know. It's linear. How, how many times the the earth spins around and goes around the sun Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about days and years and that's how we are defining those words but really within space and time those things are not 
as, as concrete as they would be in our definition of it here on Earth. Okay. Oh, right, right, because it's all relative. You know, how many times something evol- goes around the sun. Yeah, the general theory of relativity. It's, it's a I theory. Believe. It's a theory of relativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, um, uh, the reason I believe that time, or the reason I can accept that, um, let's say, time feels like it's slower when you're going faster is because when you're in an airplane, you don't feel the same way you do in a car when a car speeds up. Like an airplane gets so fast at some point where you just stop like feeling pressed back into your seat. Part of that is because you are now traveling at that same speed. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't it feel like you can walk on an airplane and whatever? You are traveling the exact same speed that the airplane is. That's right. Your body is moving at the same, same in a car. Like you're moving that exact speed. I'm the fastest woman alive. Yes. Along which, with everybody else on the plane. Which is why <laughs> in a car, we'll say a car crash, but any sort of crash, what kills you usually is the immediate stoppage of you doing that so like yeah the energy if you will (laughs) it's it's gotta be energy energy transferring so yeah you're Uh, i'm gonna read a real book on energy and come back in the next podcast sounding so smart oh you're gonna this first of all this is too much science for the type of podcast (laughs) this is and but it's just the right amount of ignorance i must say like this is classic us i think in our first episodes we were talking about things we had no idea about and then we were arguing with each other about (laughs) no that's not it yeah the kid is in school we aren't you know, we're not learning. Things. I know school is so long ago, and yet I still have dreams that I am in a class and 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 have to catch up. Either that I have a dream, either that I'm that I have to make up for some class I've been missing all year, or that I have to figure out some job, some actual day job I used to have. Do you have any nightmares from twenty years ago? Well, first of all, maybe they aren't nightmares. Maybe you're just living at the speed of light. <laughs> In your dreams. And so you actually are in school at that time. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Most likely that is true. I that don't, makes more sense than you think it does. I don't sir. know. I, you know, I, I used to remember dreams a lot more. I the, the only phenomenon I really feel more than any, uh, more than other people maybe, is deja vu. Oh. I used to get deja vu all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it very much anymore. But I used to get it. All of the time. Mm-hmm. And I had a girlfriend at one point that she goes, uh, you know, that's not real. Like you're not actually experiencing this over again. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's like your brain's processing something a little quicker or your eyes are seeing something in your brain's taking a second to process it. So it's, you're actually playing a trick on you somehow. Like Interesting. And I was like, but I had a dream about this that I remember. And, and you like, said that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's not real. So. Yeah, she she burst that little bubble, but I it is it is really something when you're when you feel like you're when you feel like something's real, like deja vu. Deja vu always feels real. I like seeing how long it can last. It never lasts longer than a few seconds. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, and then what else happened? Like I just my hands like float in the middle of the air, and I start looking around like I'm waiting <laughs> in a pool, and I'm like, then what's happening next? Yeah, well, that's the that is one phenomenon that I guess I do believe somehow. And I don't know how. But you don't accept her scientific explanation of it? No. It's Oh, really? It's not just brains uh, being silly? I know. As much as I discount any sort of energy and all of this stuff, but only because I haven't experienced those, maybe. Uh Whereas deja vu in dreams, feeling like I dreamt something ahead of time, Mm -hmm. something happening feel so real and I have experienced it multiple times mm-hmm. but it's never anything good it's never like I knew I I 
I dreamt about this moment happening of this person winning the lottery and those are the numbers. Right. It's it doesn't that. benefit you in any way. No, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, we were all sitting around the kitchen playing <laughs> cards like this. And, and then you walked in and said, does anybody <laughs> want burgers? And then someone else said, yeah, I know. It's always like that. It's like this. But that's to me, that's why it's got to just be a, a brain fog. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that makes the most sense because it's of no benefit whatsoever. <laughs> Like, why would God be giving me these dreams? You know, because dreams happen in the Bible where God will give people dreams that help either predict the future or kind of give them a sense of what is going to happen. Uh huh. And it's God speaking to them and there's no benefit. And like, why would he be saying like, what's going to happen is you're going to unload the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, and there will be a fork backwards, and yeah. you're like, who puts forks in the wrong way? Um, well, I, I may have told you this that um, when I dream, I've smoked a cigarette, I have the recall of, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for years. And then I wake up and I think, I have still never smoked a cigarette in my <laughs> life. So I cannot, maybe it's because I've dreamed it so many times, but it's like, I'm I'm genuinely confused about have I smoked or haven't I smoked when I wake up until I'm fully fully awake and I'm like oh yeah it's just a dream, <laughs> but it's so strange to me in the dream every single time I'm like yeah this is me and this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do in my dream. I smoke. I, I I'm have a smoker in my dreams. I have unhealthy habits in my dreams. Did Did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind mess you up? No, it didn't mess me up. I enjoyed the movie, but it was very creative. But yeah. to me, it always made me suspicious of dreams. Like oh, your dreams are your true self and trying to tell you something about you. Mm, I guess that's a takeaway from that. I didn't take that away. I think that usually the only things in movies that mess me up only happened since I've become a dad, Oh, which is any sort of uh, father daughter relationship or any, I can't watch any child getting hurt. I think I've said that before. Like I can't, you'll not, never watch the taken franchise. No, I can't. Well, is the, the kid, I mean, how old is this dad? Like he gets, he gets the kid back. I believe. I know, but I assumed the kid was like 17 or 18. I didn't assume that they were like seven. Like, Oh, just, so it has to be a little kid. Uh, yes. It can't be somebody's adult child. Like why your child will be an adult someday. Yeah. We have your daughter. She's 34. Eh, keep her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to see more of the world. Yeah, this is really uh, her husband's responsibility now. I I gave her away at the altar. Husbands, 20, how patriarchal. 12 years ago. <laughs> um, did you so are you saying that you are feel squeamish about shows where kids get hurt or you um Yeah, it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. So there's just nothing entertaining about that to me. So <laughs> just not The idea that it was entertaining before is funny too though. <laughs> well, it just didn't bother me like it could it used be, to be hilarious. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie where you know some kid dies or something like that. Well, what about Home Alone when Kevin's left Home Alone and well, his mom? No, that's fine. Tries really hard to get back to him. Doesn't he, that that pulls at my heartstrings? You know, Interstellar to use that one again. Yes, that please. Definitely, it's a father daughter relationship in this uh, whole. But thing. she's an adult. <laughs> Not always, because remember, this okay. is he gets near a black hole. So like, wow, I made myself snort just then. Different ages, so okay. So yeah, when she's a little time kid. is a circle in this one. So, yeah, why did you bring up Interstellar? Did you make your whole point about it, I wonder? Well, because in Interstellar, they are going in through space and they're traveling through like a wormhole. They're going through uh, getting near a black hole. Oh, and so okay. uh, to not spoil it for you. Thank you. They they're, they're just jump 
through time a little bit where mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey's character spends a couple hours on a planet, mm-hmm. but that ends up equaling like 30 years in back on Earth. What's the big message you think that it's about um, enjoy the time you have with people? Um the big message i don't know if i look at no there has to be messages. i know you don't you and i don't look at movies the same way i what's that thing i always say and you're like i never think that i say uh i didn't learn anything from this i learn yeah there's nothing that makes me angrier than hearing somebody say i didn't learn anything from a movie good good you weren't supposed to it's a movie it's entertainment i get infuriated if i can't figure out the takeaway the moral of the story the whole point of why that's why david lynch movies just no did you have a good time for two hours that's the meaning of this movie it's not i learned something first of all you don't seem to have learned anything from movies because you don't know any of the science behind them Uh uh-uh and i don't retain the uh (laughs) you could have spoiled interstellar i still would have forgotten it yeah (laughs) but that's my adhd that's that's a treat from my beautiful brain Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.